and she's great. We we played Katam with her last night, <laughs> so like on video chat, like I love her. So with her, he's, you know, he video chats her every now and then. And then also we're gonna start doing these, hopefully video game nights more often because oh, nice. it was really good to see her face. Hello, I'm Lindsay, and this is Love in the Time of COVID-19. Today, we have an interesting and fun interview with my friend Brooke. But before we get to it, I wanted to give an update of the state of things here in our little mountain town. As we talk today, our county and the state of Colorado as a whole has begun the process of reopening. The current orders no longer state to shelter in place, but instead note that it is safer at home. Congregation of groups larger than 10 are still banned. No restaurants in our county are open for dine-in service. Visitors from outside of the county are still encouraged to stay away, and masks and six-feet distance in public spaces are still required. Those who are considered vulnerable are told that they should continue to stay home, but for those that are healthy, there are new options. Retail shops are allowed to open. People can get their hair cut and their dogs groomed. Construction can resume, and offices can begin in-person staffing at 50% of their typical capacity. It's hard to know what exactly all of this will look like, and in a tourist-based town, I'm curious to see what the future will look like during the safer-at-home period, and I'll keep you updated. Anyway, just a little update. For today's interview, we speak to my friend Brooke, who works as a massage therapist in Denver and is currently writing out the quarantine with her partner, Andrew. Watching it try and snow here in the mountains. Yeah, it a lot earlier actually. Yeah, it's been dumping all day in Denver, which has been pretty lovely to watch, especially because we imbibed a little extra last night. So I've just been lying on the couch watching the snow. <laughs> just extra cozy feeling. Yeah, <laughs> and extra not guilty about it as well. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of Denver, can you just let us know a little bit about? what is going on in Denver? What's kind of the state of the city? What are people up to? What have you noticed about quarantine in Denver? It's been interesting being here in a city during this time because you can definitely tell the tensions are a lot higher. You know, every time I go to the grocery store, I just feel very, like everyone is very tense 
and you know you don't know people here like you do in Telluride so it's like you know you don't run into people that you know at the grocery store it's just like tense stranger situation so that's been interesting and made errands a little bit more intense everyone's been getting outside a lot because you know it's just what else is there to do honestly so it's just been a lot of walking like all the parks are completely full absolutely filled with people like you would need a mask to walk around the park in Denver um maybe a little overkill (laughs) like yeah but like don't all go to the same place yeah so I've actually been increasing my running so it's been an interesting obstacle is you know so I essentially if you go through neighborhood roads in the area they're not nearly as crowded as the parks so I'm doing a lot of neighborhood admiring which is really cool it's kind of getting to know Denver like a running and walking tour so that's been cool nice and yeah that's about it trailheads are absolutely madhouse crazy from what I hear I haven't even tried to go to them yeah just everyone doing the best that they can right now (laughs) yeah yeah definitely I I know we're super lucky up here that we can still go on wolves and I try and do a little lunchtime hike or walk, um, just kind of depending. And I see a couple of people, but it's not to where you can't keep your distance. I normally see like five people in the hour that I'm out for lunch. So I know we're really lucky here in that way. But that's kind of a good reframe of like, oh, I get to take a walking tour of Denver. I like that. Do you know, I'm doing what I can over here, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, thanks for the Denver update. Can you tell me a little bit about your love story, your relationship, what's going on in your romantic life pre-COVID-19? We'll get to the current reality. Cool. Yeah. I met Andrew, my partner that I live with in April. (laughs) He's right here. He's like, oh God, she's talking about me. Go away. (laughs) So I met him in April 2017. We both hiked the Pacific Crush Trail. I literally met him on the first day. Started by myself and then he started with one of his close friends. And yeah, from there we hit it off with the same people that night. All camped in the same area. And the next day we walked, like hiked out together and yeah, I think like 10 days later, we were hooking up. So, <laughs> and then it's been pretty steady since. You kind of get to know a person pretty well when you're living in the woods for five months. Like I think within two days, I knew his pooping habits. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's been uh, fun. And then after that, we, you know, he's polyamorous. I am as well. We have an open relationship. Would you define that? for our audience, just in case anybody doesn't know what that means. Yeah, so polyamory is the idea that you can love more than one person, and you can have a connection with more than one person. So the way that we practice it is, you know, we don't really have any rules. Honesty and respect are, like, the only ones that kind of keep things going, and those are clearly expected. Everything else, we just kind of let play out naturally. It's the idea that if you connect with someone, then you can continue that connection, and you don't feel like you are stuck with monogamous rules necessarily. Yeah, it's a really cool, really challenging lifestyle. I'm so grateful for it. I kind of feel like I was made for it. (laughs) But when I met him, he had another partner. So it was really cool for me because I got to spend five months on the trail getting to know this person. I read a book on polyamory several times and just kind of did my own research that entire summer about if it was something I wanted. 
for my future. And then, you know, his other partner at the time, they've since broken up, but she was amazing. Like she reached out to me and like was supportive and wanted to get to know me. And I just felt very touched that she cared about me as well. You know, it wasn't, a, it was women supporting women, which was so cool in a romantic setting as well. Yeah. So then we did long distance. I went back to Telluride, which I had been living in before the trail. And he was in Denver and I eventually moved up to Denver and we're still doing the poly thing. Okay. And, you know, I'll I'll be curious to know about how that's going during our current situation. But before we get there, is there anything else milestone wise or anything that's just really important for us to know about your relationship specifically? Good question. It's the healthiest, happiest, most committed relationship I've ever had the pleasure of being in. I think before him, I think I dated someone maybe five months and that was my longest amount of time. (laughs) So it's been very fulfilling. I'm really grateful for it. And it's been really cool exploring this lifestyle, especially like living together. That's been an interesting dynamic. We moved in together a year ago now. Okay. So it's been cool, you know, figuring out logistics (laughs) on top of it all. Yeah, which I'm assuming are much different during typical times than they are now. I mean, we would imagine, you know, having multiple partners that you don't live with. There's more strategy as far as who's where and who's doing what. Whereas right now, I don't know, tell us what that's like now when we're not really supposed to see people outside of our household. How do you maintain those relationships? Or maybe you don't. I don't. What is that like? Yeah, so that's been that's been interesting. Andrew has two other partners currently. I don't have, I'm not seeing anybody else right now. I had a really busy first few years in Denver and they just kind of, you know, I barely had time for myself, let alone friendship in a new place. So I just wasn't interested in dating. I tried it and was like, I don't have time or energy for this right now. Um, so I was actually just starting to get back into the dating scene, <laughs> like right before this happened. So yeah, I am flying solo except for my you know relationship of three years and (laughs) but yeah so it was an interesting conversation you know we it was right after I lost my job and you know they were announcing the stay-at-home order and all of that and we just started talking about it like well I mean we're not going to see our friends during this time and you know we're not supposed to see people in general so I guess that kind of extends to your partners as well And it was kind of a contentious conversation at first. And then, you know, because he really likes them. He wants to see them. They're important in his life. And yeah, and I had a weird, like, insecure moment. Like, am I not wanting him to see his other partners because I'm insecure? Like, I had to really think about, like, am I, do I have underlying motives in this? Uh, So (laughs) it was real long. Yeah, like, am I being an asshole right now? Uh, <laughs> no, and like, I, you know, I, I have to be kind to myself. I think often I'm really hard on myself about these situations, so. But then he told me I was right, and I was like, oh, thank God, okay, I'm not an asshole. Uh, good. <laughs> right, at, right at that point, he had also developed a fever, so we ended up quarantining for two weeks anyway. Okay. He ended up testing negative for COVID-19. And then, yeah, so we're just kind of taking it day by day. You know, it's one of those things like this is totally new. You know, of all the polyamorous books that we've read, there's no chapter on how to be poly in a pandemic, weirdly enough. So this is uncharted territory for everyone. Totally. Do you ever listen to Dan Savage's podcast? I do love him. I've listened to him on road trips a decent amount. 
Okay. But sometimes, yeah. <laughs> That's something that... Sometimes Matt I just want to shake the people on the show, oh so it's... <laughs> yeah, it's the most recent episode, but Matt and I okay, good. pretty often, and you know, he tends to be a pretty big proponent of open relationships, of polyamory, of ex- exploration and bending traditional rules. That's not even the right word, but guidelines or whatever of what we're taught relationships are supposed to be. And it's interesting because during this, he has been very safety conscious in the way of spreading this virus. So it's interesting because he's, you know, this very open person and wants to promote, have whatever relationships you want, but right now kind of just stay with that primary partner, which is just fascinating to listen to since that's pretty opposite from his advice most of the time. Yeah, he's... We used to have a mug from him that said, am I allowed to cuss on this? Is cussing yeah. allowed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should, okay, great. <laughs> then we, we used to have a mug that said fuck first on it from Dan Savage. So, yeah, yeah, we're fans. Yeah, so that, that's been really interesting. And obviously, everyone's doing the best that they can. I know some people are bending the rules a little bit. And I, you know, I certainly don't blame them. I think it's a conversation to have with your partner. We're all doing the best we can. Yeah. But it's been quite an interesting experience having to be careful about that. I think kind of the understanding that we both have is like, I'm a, I'm a licensed massage therapist. So as soon as I get my job back and as soon as it's legal for me to touch people again, like I'm going to touch people because I need money. So at that point, you know, I'm touching people for my job and massaging them so he can probably go see his other partners. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Um, and this is probably a better question for Andrew, but you might have an answer. If not, it's okay. How has he been maintaining those relationships? Yeah. So his two partners, one I have met and the other one I have not. The one I've met, her name is Jessica. They've been together for like over two years now. And she's great. We we played Catan with her last night. <laughs> so like on video chat, like I love her. So with her, he's, you know, he video chats her every now and then. And then also we're going to start doing these hopefully video game nights more often because oh, nice. it was really good to see her face. But yeah, he misses her. Like it's been, some days are really hard. I think where like he's sad about it, especially like talking to her and getting the game set up and afterwards he's like I really miss her (laughs) obviously I miss her too just in a different capacity the other one he had just started dating her like right before this um so I don't think they've really talked but he's still you know was enjoying that and excited about it and so I think it was kind of an abrupt pause on the situation abrupt pause on everything (laughs) yep (laughs) Um, exactly what about you? I mean, have you been pursuing any sort of, maybe not physical interactions, but any sort of dating on like apps or reaching out to anybody in that way to like work on maybe the emotional component of a relationship since you can't meet up? You know, that's an interesting question because I've, I've been on OkCupid a decent amount, like kind of like honing my profile, but it's been really interesting because during this time people are bored. Yeah. So you get a lot of people like, I'm just on here because of coronavirus. And it's like, well, I'm not going to waste my time on you. Yeah. (laughs) Another thing is, you know, Andrew keeps trying to encourage me to do it, but he's like, you could talk to somebody right now and then eventually meet them. And like, I hate texting. I do not want to like get to know someone via the technology that well. I don't want to set the precedent that I will be a good texter at the end of this. (laughs) It's really like, that's really important to me. Quality time is the way that I survive. So I, the idea of texting somebody on a dating site and getting to know them during this time just kind of like depresses me a little bit. Yeah. So I'm just going to wait. 
Yeah. I mean, if you did decide like, okay, like maybe I'm interested in this person, would you ever rather than just text, move it to like FaceTime or a phone call, anything like that? It's not a traditional date, but something that we're all doing, how we're seeing each other right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've definitely heard of people doing first dates on Zoom, which I think is really cool. And maybe we'll, maybe I'll get to that point, but it's an interesting like junction of me just jumping into the dating scene again and not having much game and then also having a zoom video uh, so yeah 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 well it's, definitely keep me updated I'm curious. absolutely <laughs> in the relationship that you are in at the moment what's changed about it and this can be anything it can be literally anything well it was funny. Weeks before the quarantine happened, we were on our way to the desert and I was crying because <laughs> we never had any time together because I work Friday through Sunday nights. He works Monday through Friday, nine to five. So I was really concerned that, uh, you know, he was going to replace me as his adventure buddy. And like, we just weren't ever going to be able to get quality time together. And now we have so much of it. So much. <laughs> just so much. <laughs> so much time. So yeah, it's been kind of really like we've laughed a lot about it like well we got what we wanted like we are here together and it's actually been really good for me because I think normally I view quality time not as like sitting around together at the house like quality time is going out and doing things that we love together so being forced to sit around is you know me reframing the idea of quality time in my head and I'm a lot more appreciative which is really cool and I'm curious to see how that translates once we go back to our normal schedules where we don't see each other a ton. But I don't know, it's been an interesting time of growth, I think, for both of us. Yeah, I like that idea of reframing quality time in your head too. Yeah, it's been really cool. I don't know. I just, um, I'm grateful for it for sure. It's definitely been something I've learned through this experience. Cool. Um, are there any like new routines or just anything different about your day-to-day together that you've really been enjoying? Well, it's because he's still working from home and I lost my job. We're kind of at like an interesting financial disparity between the two of us. So he essentially has been paying my part of the rent and in, in turn, I'm doing all the housework and cooking and <laughs> shopping and all of those things. And we're normally a very you know, equality minded household and, you know, no gender roles, like reverse gender roles are awesome. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so we, we've been making a lot of jokes about our um, acceptance of traditional gender roles. And I, honestly, I've been kind of enjoying it. Uh, it's not nice. for me for the rest of my life, but it's been, <laughs> I learned how to cook chicken. So <laughs> oh, cooking a whole chicken is I don't know if it's a whole chicken, but in my mind, (laughs) and that is a great skill. I don't know. I think of, you know, traditional feminine gender role being a lot of kind of nesting almost Mm -hmm. things to kind of make your space nice, things to nourish you. And now's not a bad time. I mean, I'm not saying stay in that role forever. You guys won't. No one probably should stick to just inside a certain box, but (laughs) <laughs> it's probably something comforting about doing some of those things during this time, I would think. Yeah, it's kind of fun. So, like, every day I bring him, you know, toast for lunch, and he, like, slaps my ass, and, <laughs> and then I, like, 
daintily like dan- prance away <laughs> oh, wow. you guys a, are going for it <laughs> yeah we're really committing to the whole thing so that's been fun a fun part of the day and then yeah <laughs> going on bike rides has been really good too trying to up our stamina a nice. little bit yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. cool. what has been hardest about this relationship or just relationships in general it doesn't have to be your primary relationship but what's been hardest about relationships at this time? You know, I, just a lot of quality time together. And, you know, I'm kind of jealous that he has other partners to miss. He's a wonderful person. He's met some wonderful people. So I think like, you know, I'm, you know, kind of jealous of the connection that he has with them. And I think I almost will have to relearn how to, be good like you know I you know kind of had a system down like when he went on dates you know I was either busy out for drinks with friends you know it was always really easy for me to occupy my mind and enjoy myself and not think about the fact that he was on a date and be happy for him that he was on a date and so I think I'm gonna have to relearn that skill it's kind of something that you need to keep practicing I'm worried that, you know, if I haven't practiced enough that I, you know, start from square one all over again. Yeah. And you don't want to feel lonely or jealous about this thing that gives your partner joy and that normally you feel happy for him. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but I think honestly, at this point, we're so cooped up when he goes on his first date with Jessica, I'm going to be like, yes. <laughs> You're going to be like, Go. wait, can I help you? <laughs> yeah like wait bring her home after I want to yeah was that ever a conversation I mean I don't know the context of her life but was that ever a conversation her quarantining with you guys uh it wasn't actually I hadn't thought about that yeah I I know for some people they have discussed it like I think um you know just friends of friends no one that I know but they did have partners move in with them that normally didn't live with them yeah yeah, that would have been really fun. Next time we'll plan better. Next pandemic. <laughs> yeah. she, she could bring, she, she has another partner named Travis. So we could just have him over too and like just, there we you go. know, board game sleepover for two months straight. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've just heard a lot of stories about not necessarily even poly couples, but people who maybe wouldn't have moved in together yet, but did because of this or the opposite decided like, wow, I can't ride this out with you. I'm going to go home to hang out with my family instead. You know, it's just interesting how it's, a, I don't know, it just changes relationships for better. Absolutely. It's, a, it's an entirely new test that we've never gotten to try before. You know, normally if you travel with somebody, that's a really good indicator. You know, there's all these different, yeah, like long distances, you know, if you work through long distance, that can be an indicator. Like then if you can survive quarantine together, you're gonna make it. <laughs> Something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's super true. I, it's been interesting for us just since we moved in together in February. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> next of living together, I guess. That was our plan, we're you know, doing it. But just kind of a weird coincidence. Yeah. I'm so glad that you guys have already gone through that moving process. <laughs> yeah. Not having two rents is a really solid thing right now. And yeah. I've been up here anyway. So yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah. Enough about me. What have you been feeling grateful for in your relationship with Andrew right now? I think always, you know, we don't really 
um, I think a lot of couples prescribe to some kind of hierarchy with polyamory. Mm. And I'm just really grateful that we don't. Um, but I'm also really grateful for, like, I just trust him completely. I think a lot of poly relationships are that way because the couple's secretly unhappy or, you know, there, there's something underlying that's an issue. And there's just not with us. Like, it's, you know, 90% of the time it's pretty effortless. It makes sense. Um, we're happy for each other. Like, it's just a really honest, respectful, and positive household. So I'm really grateful to be sharing this time with him. It's been really good for both of us. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, overall, what have you learned about... <laughs> he is looking at me all lovey-dovey right now. <laughs> heard all the nice things. Hey! No, shoot you. What have you learned either about your loved ones, whoever that is, romantic or otherwise, and also just love as a concept during this time? I don't know. It's just kind of, effort, it's effortless and it's there. And like during this time, I'm realizing how much love I have for people, like how many people have really made my night by Zoom, you know, happy hours. And um, yeah, just like, like realizing how many people care about me as well during this time, like how many people have reached out asking how I'm doing. Like I'm realizing that I'm a lot more loved than I thought. <laughs> I, I don't know if you um, prescribe to personality types, but I'm Enneagram type one. So I need to know more about those. I've done oh, it and I took, uh -huh. took a test. I don't remember what I was, but it was, it was spot on, whatever it was. Yeah, um, mine was spot on too. And I hated it so much at first. <laughs> but yeah, I just, you know, very self-deprecating and um, don't really normally consider myself good enough to be deserving of people's improvement. I like, I'm constantly having to be good enough for myself. And normally other people don't even actually really care. Like, you know, my standard is so much higher for myself. Um, and you're also so, a wonderful person. So that makes me feel a little sad. <laughs> kind of challenging that thought process. during. Yeah, that. please feel free to. Um, yeah, so it's been, oh, like, wow, people do like me. Like, I am good to them. <laughs> they think I am good. <laughs> you know, um, so that's been lovely. And um, I, don't, I feel like I've learned more about my college friends during this time um, than I knew even in college. We've been doing weekly happy hours and just Aww. drinking and talking for, you know, two or three hours every Friday. Uh, so just, awesome. I'm just so grateful. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, yeah. The people in my life are really good. That's awesome. And yeah. Yeah, I think you're definitely worthy of love and a lot of people. <laughs> oh, stop. Oh, okay. Um, a year from now, what do you want to be different? And what do you want the same from this period of time? Um, I've been thinking about that a lot, actually. Because um, uh, I think quarantine makes us all a little bit more aware that there are so many attractive people out in the world <laughs> or maybe I'm just Polly and I'm like oh like, I, was gonna say, so I'm not, close. I don't see yeah. people without masks so I feel like I'm having the opposite experience I'm like I don't see <laughs> people other than my yeah <laughs> so I'm really excited to like I really want to create 
I mean, this has always been both mine and Andrew's goal is like creating like a positive, like supportive little poly friend group. And we kind of have that already, but not with people that we're dating necessarily. Like I am friends with Jessica and like, yeah. I feel like we are friends. <laughs> I have friends with Jessica and I feel like we are friends. <laughs> I love um, it's not getting but, out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, good. But you know, I just want to continue building that lovely, supportive, happy foundation and, you know, include my own partners into it. I would love to find a few people to actually spend time with that I enjoy this year. And I think I'm going to start dating women once this is over too. I've been like dealing with a lot of sexuality confusion for, I think, years. And I think my Christian upbringing made that kind of just squashed. So as I've been learning about poly and like being a little bit more explorative, like explorative, is that a word? That's a it word. It is now. <laughs> it is now. Um, you know, I, being able to maybe like explore that option as well, I think I've realized that I think I am bisexual and so that's been really cool. Um, yeah. And, and being comfortable with that. Can yeah. In that realization? It's always good to know something else about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and God, women are just so cool. I just love them. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, being able to explore that more and like being more comfortable with myself and my sexuality by the time this time next year, I think would be amazing. So yeah, that's a great poly goal. community, women, master sourdough bread making. Uh, <laughs> those are the three. I love it. That's a good, that's a good roster of things. And I like the breads in there. Carbs have been oh, yeah. very comforting. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I would bring you a loaf if we still lived in the same town. But. Oh, and I would accept it gratefully. Mm-hmm. So you've mentioned, just for anybody who's curious, I would love to get your, you mentioned some books that you read when you were toying with this idea. What are your book recommendations for anybody oh. who wants to know more about this style of relationship? Yes, absolutely. I meant to actually write these down before I talked to you. Are you going to but, take um, the books? <laughs> I am going to the book right now. Okay, so the there's two books that I highly recommend. One is the le- one that I started learning about polyamory with, and that one is very gentle. It's like, it's very, you know, it's, I think a lot of it is for, you know, very monogamous minded people that are just starting to learn about the concept. They're just starting to think about opening up their relationship. And that is why it's called Opening Up. It's by Tristan Tormino. Okay. But, um, I like for a writer. Yeah. So Opening Up by Tormino. That was a great book to read. A really good starter pack. <laughs> and then once you get more experience with it, the more than two is okay. the poly bible cool. as you can see yeah. we have wow so many so many annotations in here but by franklin vu and one of his partners eve Rick- rickert that one has i think for both of us it's like really upped our emotional game i think during this time very cool and yeah so definitely, definitely recommend those two goes for my therapist shelf to be honest probably yeah i <laughs> work yeah yeah um, for sure very cool. And last question, what is something that you've been enjoying during this time? And this can be anything. It doesn't have to be relationship related. Just any good recommendations for anything. I've been really enjoying cooking. 
I normally hate cooking <laughs> and I'm not very good at it. And I feel like I have learned so much in the past month and a half of being unemployed because all I do is cook now. So that's been really cool. I, cool. you know, and also I don't get grumpy when I go to the grocery store anymore. That used to be my least favorite errand. It used to stress me out. I never knew where anything is. And now I know exactly where everything is. You're on all the aisles. You're out. <laughs> yeah. And I can do the largest list within 20 minutes. So yeah, yeah. those are my, yeah, I mean, yeah, small improvements. Okay. I'm going to take favorite, what I can get. Any favorite recipes from your cooking adventures? We just tried a turmeric chicken recipe tonight and it was fan. It was like a stir fry. It was fantastic. And it was also okay. very simple. Um, yeah. And tortilla cool soup color. as well. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send okay. you those. Yeah. Send us those. <laughs> we probably need them. I don't know. I don't know where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, unless there's anything else you think we really, really, really need to know, I will let you go. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think that's it. Okay. Well, you're great. You're great. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving us all of this insight and sharing a little bit about your quarantine adventure. And I love you. And we'll see you sometime soon. <laughs> yes. As soon as this whole thing is lifted, I'm coming to tell you, right? <laughs> awesome. We can't wait. Right. Okay. Love you. <laughs> you. Bye. Bye. I had such a good time talking with Brooke about her experience throughout this pandemic. It was nice to laugh so much with a friend, and it was interesting to learn about what polyamorous relationships look like during a time when we can't see those outside of our household. It gave me a lot to think about, specifically how those with multiple romantic relationships are navigating this time. One thing that I think was important to carry forward from this conversation is our ability to reframe our thoughts. A reframe is a therapeutic technique that can help us to see things in a different light than before and is something that we can do for ourselves outside of the therapy room in order to manage our own thought processes. You may remember how Brooke spoke about her exercise shifting to becoming a walking tour of Denver, and I think that this is the perfect example of a reframe. Rather than feeling trapped and resentful about restrictions on straying far from home, Brooke has chosen to think of this time to get to know the neighborhoods near her home better and is focusing on the beauty that exists there. I think that's a really good way of looking at it. A simple shift in thinking like this can help us to challenge our more negative viewpoints and can help to create thoughts that are more healthy and helpful. This same tactic of reframing our thoughts can be used with any situation and can help us to retrain our brains to having a more balanced and healthy outlook. Now, this isn't to say that we need to be relentlessly positive about the stressors we face. That wouldn't be very helpful either. But it does allow for us to see things in a different way and not let negative thoughts and pessimism take over. Remember, our thoughts contribute to our feelings and behaviors, 
so chances are, if we practice taking control over one of these things, the other two can improve as well. And with that, I'll leave you. Thanks for joining me for yet another interview, and I'll see you next time. Okay, be well. Serious, serious, there's more serious things on.